section forty nine of essays book two this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cynthia Moyer. Essays, Book Two, by Michel de Montaigne. Translated by Charles Cotton. Apology for Raymond Sebon. Part Nine. Here is enough to verify that man is no better instructed in the knowledge of himself in his corporal than in his spiritual part. We have proposed himself to himself, and his reason to his reason, to see what she could say. I think I have sufficiently demonstrated how little she understands herself in herself, and who understands not himself in himself, in what can he? Quasi vero mensuram ulius rei posset agere, qui sui nesciat. As if he could understand the measure of any other thing that knows not his own. In earnest, Protagoras told us a pretty flam in making man the measure of all things that never knew so much as his own and if it be not he his dignity will not permit that any other creature should have this advantage now he being so contrary in himself and one judgment so incessantly subverting another this favourable proposition was but a mockery, which induced us necessarily to conclude the nullity of the compass and the compasser. When Thales reputes the knowledge of man very difficult for man to comprehend, he at the same time gives him to understand that all other knowledge is impossible. You Note the author, as we have already mentioned, is addressing Margaret de Valois. End note. For whom I have taken the pains, contrary to my custom, to write so long a discourse, will not refuse to support your sebon by the ordinary forms of arguing, wherewith you are every day instructed, and in this will exercise both your wit and learning. For this last fencing trick is never to be made use of but as an extreme remedy. Tis a desperate thrust, wherein you are to quit your own arms to make your adversary abandon his, and a secret slight which must be very rarely and then very reservedly put in practice. Tis great temerity to lose yourself that you may destroy another. You must not die to be revenged, as Gobrias did, for being closely grappled in combat with a lord of Persia, Darius coming in sword in hand, and fearing to strike lest he should kill Gobrias, he called out to him, boldly to fall on, though he should run them both through at once. I have known desperate weapons and conditions of single combat, and wherein he that offered them put himself and his adversary upon terms of inevitable death to them both, censured for unjust. The Portuguese, in the Indian Sea, took certain Turks prisoners, who, impatient of their captivity, resolved, and it succeeded, by striking the nails of the ship one against another, and making a spark to fall into the barrels of powder that were set in the place where they were guarded, to blow up and reduce themselves, their masters, and the vessel to ashes. 
we here touch the outplate and utmost limits of sciences wherein the extremity is vicious as in virtue keep yourselves in the common road it is not good to be so subtle and cunning remember the tuscan proverb qui troppo sassotilia si scavezza who makes himself too wise becomes a fool i advise you that in all your opinions and discourses as well as in your manners and all other things you keep yourself moderate and temperate and avoid novelty i am an enemy to all extravagant ways you who by the authority of your grandeur and yet more by the advantages which those qualities give you that are more your own may with the twinkle of an eye command whom you please ought to have given this charge to some one who made profession of letters who might after a better manner have proved and illustrated these things to you but here is as much as you will stand in need of epicurus said of the laws that the worst were so necessary for us that without them men would devour one another and plato affirms that without laws we should live like beasts our wit is a wandering dangerous and temerarious utensil it is hard to couple any order or measure to it in those of our own time who are endued with any rare excellence above others or any extraordinary vivacity of understanding we see them almost all lash out into licentiousness of opinions and manners and tis almost a miracle to find one temperate and sociable tis all the reason in the world to limit human wit within the strictest limits imaginable in study as in all the rest we ought to have its steps and advances numbered and fixed and that the limits of its inquisition be bounded by art it is curbed and fettered by religions laws customs sciences precepts mortal and immortal penalties and yet we see that it escapes from all these bonds by its volubility and dissolution tis a vain body which has nothing to lay hold on or to seize a various and deform body incapable of being either bound or held in earnest there are few souls so regular firm and well descended as are to be trusted with their own conduct and that can with moderation and without temerity sail in the liberty of their own judgments beyond the common and received opinions tis more expedient to put them under pupilage wit is a dangerous weapon even to the possessor if he knows not how to use it discreetly and there is not a beast to whom a headboard is more justly to be given to keep his looks down and before his feet and to hinder him from wandering here and there out of the tracks which custom and the laws have laid before him and therefore it will be better for you to keep yourself in the beaten path let it be what it will than to fly out at a venture with this unbridled liberty but if any of these new doctors will pretend to be ingenious in your presence at the expense both of your soul and his own to avoid this dangerous plague which is every day laid in your way to infect you this preservative in the extremest necessity 
will prevent the danger and hinder the contagion of this poison from offending either you or your company the liberty then and frolic forwardness of these ancient wits produced in philosophy and human sciences several sects of different opinions every one undertaking to judge and make choice of what he would stick to and maintain but now that men go all one way quicertis quibustam destinatisque sententiis addicti et consecrati sunt ut etiam quae non probant cogantur defendere who are so tied and obliged to certain opinions that they are bound to defend even those they do not approve and that we receive the arts by civil authority and decree so that the schools have but one pattern and a like circumscribed institution and discipline we no more take notice what the coin weighs and is really worth but every one receives it according to the estimate that common approbation and use puts upon it the alloy is not questioned but how much it is current for in like manner all things pass we take physic as we do geometry and tricks of hocus-pocus enchantments and love-spells the correspondence of the souls of the dead prognostications domifications and even this ridiculous pursuit of the philosopher's stone all things pass for current pay without any manner of scruple or contradiction we need to know no more but that mars's house is in the middle of the triangle of the hand that of venus in the thumb and that of mercury in the little finger that when the table line cuts the tubercle of the forefinger tis a sign of cruelty that when it falls short of the middle finger and that the natural median line makes an angle with the vital in the same side tis a sign of a miserable death that if in a woman the natural line be open and does not close the angle with the vital this denotes that she shall not be very chaste i leave you to judge whether a man qualified with such knowledge may not pass with reputation and esteem in all companies theophrastus said that human knowledge guided by the senses might judge of the causes of things to a certain degree but that being arrived to first and extreme causes it must stop short and retire by reason either of its own infirmity or the difficulty of things tis a moderate and gentle opinion that our own understandings may conduct us to the knowledge of some things and that it has certain measures of power beyond which tis temerity to employ it this opinion is plausible and introduced by men of well-composed minds but tis hard to limit our wit which is curious and greedy and will no more stop at a thousand than at fifty paces having experimentally found that wherein one has failed the other has hit and that what was unknown to one age the age following has explained and that arts and sciences are not cast in a mould but are formed and perfected by degrees by often handling and polishing as bears leisurely lick their cubs into form what my force cannot discover i do not yet desist to sound and to try and by handling and kneading this new matter over and over again by turning and heating it i lay open to him 
that shall succeed me a kind of facility to enjoy it more at his ease and make it more maniable and supple for him ut humetia sole cera remolescit tractataque polyce multas vertitur in facies ipsoque fit utilis usu as wax doth softer in the sun become and tempered twixt the finger and the thumb will various forms and several shapes admit till for the present use tis rendered fit as much will the second do for the third which is the cause that the difficulty ought not to make me despair and my own incapacity as little for tis nothing but my own man is as capable of all things as of some and if he confesses as theophrastus says the ignorance of first causes let him at once surrender all the rest of his knowledge if he is defective in foundation his reason is aground disputation and inquiry have no other aim nor stop but principles if this aim do not stop his career he runs into an infinite irresolution non potest aliud alio magis minusque comprehendi quoniam omnium rerum una est definitio comprehendendi one thing can no more or less be comprehended than another because the definition of comprehending all things is the same now tis very likely that if the soul knew anything it would in the first place know itself and if it knew anything out of itself it would be its own body and case before anything else if we see the gods of physic to this very day debating about our anatomy mulciber in troiam pro troia stabat apollo vulcan against for troy apollo stood when are we to expect that they will be agreed we are nearer neighbors to ourselves than whiteness to snow or weight to stones if man do not know himself how should he know his force and functions it is not perhaps that we have not some real knowledge in us but tis by chance for as much as errors are received into our soul by the same way after the same manner and by the same conduct it has not wherewithal to distinguish them nor wherewithal to choose the truth from falsehood the academics admitted a certain partiality of judgment and thought it too crude to say that it was not more likely to say that snow was white than black and that we were no more assured of the motion of a stone thrown by the hand than that of the eighth sphere and to avoid this difficulty and strangeness that can in truth hardly lodge in our imagination though they concluded that we were in no sort capable of knowledge and that truth is engulfed in so profound an abyss as is not to be penetrated by human sight yet they acknowledged some things to be more likely than others and received into their judgment this faculty that they had a power to incline to one appearance more than another they allowed him this propension interdicting all resolution the pyrrhonian opinion is more bold and also somewhat more likely for this academic inclination and this 
propension to one proposition rather than another, what is it other than a recognition of some more apparent truth in this than in that? If our understanding be capable of the form, lineaments, port, and face of truth, it might as well see it entire as by halves, springing and imperfect. This appearance of likelihood, which makes them rather take the left hand than the right, augments it. Multiply this ounce of verisimilitude that turns the scales to a hundred, to a thousand ounces. It will happen, in the end, that the balance will itself end the controversy and determine one choice, one entire truth. But why do they suffer themselves to incline to and be swayed by verisimilitude if they know not the truth? How should they know the similitude of that whereof they do not know the essence? Either we can absolutely judge, or absolutely we cannot. If our intellectual and sensible faculties are without foot or foundation, if they only pull and drive, tis to no purpose that we suffer our judgments to be carried away with any part of their operation, what appearance soever they may seem to present us, and the surest and most happy seat of our understanding would be that where it kept itself temperate, upright, and inflexible, without tottering, or without agitation. Interuisa vera aut falsa ad animi ascensum nihil interest. Amongst things that seem, whether true or false, it signifies nothing to the assent of the mind. That things do not lodge in us in their form and essence, and do not there make their entry by their own force and authority, we sufficiently see. Because if it were so, we should receive them after the same manner. Wine would have the same relish with the sick, as with the healthful. He who has his finger chapped or benumbed would find the same hardness in wood or iron that he handles that another does. Foreign subjects then surrender themselves to our mercy and are seated in us as we please. Now if, on our part, we received anything without alteration, if human grasp were capable and strong enough to seize on truth by our own means, these means being common to all men, this truth would be conveyed from hand to hand from one to another, and at least there would be some one thing to be found in the world amongst so many as there are, that would be believed by men with a universal consent, but this, that there is no one proposition that is not debated and controverted amongst us, or that may not be, makes it very manifest that our natural judgment does not very clearly discern what it embraces. For my judgment cannot make my companions approve of what it approves which is a sign that I seized it by some other means than by a natural power that is in me and in all other men. Let us lay aside this infinite confusion of opinions, which we see even amongst the philosophers themselves, and this perpetual and universal dispute about the knowledge of things. For this is truly presupposed, that men, I mean the most knowing, the best born, and of the best parts, are not agreed about any one thing, not 
that heaven is over our heads for they that doubt of everything do also doubt of that and they who deny that we are able to comprehend anything say that we have not comprehended that the heaven is over our heads and these two opinions are without comparison the stronger in number besides this infinite diversity and division through the trouble that our judgment gives ourselves and the uncertainty that every one is sensible of in himself tis easy to perceive that its seat is very unstable and insecure how variously do we judge of things how often do we alter our opinions what i hold and believe today i hold and believe with my whole belief all my instruments and engines seize and take hold of this opinion and become responsible to me for it at least as much as in them lies i could not embrace nor conserve any truth with greater confidence and assurance than i do this i am wholly and entirely possessed with it but has it not befallen me not only once but a hundred a thousand times every day to have embraced some other thing with all the same instruments and in the same condition which i have since judged to be false a man must at least become wise at his own expense if i have often found myself betrayed under this color if my touch proves commonly false and my balance unequal and unjust what assurance can i now have more than at other times is it not stupidity and madness to suffer myself to be so often deceived by my guide nevertheless let fortune remove and shift us five hundred times from place to place let her do nothing but incessantly empty and fill into our belief as into a vessel other and other opinions yet still the present and the last is the certain and infallible one for this we must abandon goods honor life health and all posterior res illa reperta perdit et immutat sensus ad pristina quaeque the last things we find out are always best and make us to disrelish all the rest whatever is preached to us and whatever we learn we should still remember that it is man that gives and man that receives tis a mortal hand that presents it to us tis a mortal hand that accepts it the things that come to us from heaven have the sole right and authority of persuasion the sole mark of truth which also we do not see with our own eyes nor receive by our own means that great and sacred image could not abide in so wretched a habitation if god for this end did not prepare it if god did not by his particular and supernatural grace and favor fortify and reform it at least our frail and defective condition ought to make us behave ourselves with more reservedness and moderation in our innovations and changes we ought to remember that whatever we receive into the understanding we often receive things that are false and that it is by the same instruments that so often give themselves the lie and are so often deceived now it is no wonder they should so often contradict themselves 
being so easy to be turned and swayed by very light occurrences. It is certain that our apprehensions, our judgment, and the faculties of the soul in general suffer according to the movements and alterations of the body, which alterations are continual. Are not our minds more sprightly, our memories more prompt and quick, and our thoughts more lively in health than in sickness? Do not joy and gaiety make us receive subjects that present themselves to our souls quite otherwise than care and melancholy? Do you believe that Catullus's verses, or those of Sappho, please an old doting miser as they do a vigorous amorous young man cleomenes the son of anexandridas being sick his friends reproached him that he had humours and whimsies that were new and unaccustomed i believe it said he neither am i the same man now as when i am in health being now another person my opinions and fancies are also other than they were before. In our courts of justice this word is much in use, which is spoken of criminals when they find the judges in a good humour, gentle, and mild. Gaudeat de bona fortuna. Let him rejoice in his good fortune for it is most certain that men's judgments are sometimes more prone to condemnation, more sharp and severe, and at others more facile, easy, and inclined to excuse. He that carries with him from his house the pain of the gout, jealousy, or theft by his man, having his whole soul possessed with anger, it is not to be doubted but that his judgment will lean this way. That venerable senate of the Areopagites used to hear and determine by night, for fear lest the sight of the parties might corrupt their justice. The very air itself and the serenity of heaven will cause some mutation in us, according to these verses, in Cicero. Tales sunt hominum mentes quali pater ipse Jupiter octifera lustravit lampade terras. Men's minds are influenced by the external air, dark or serene, as days are foul or fair. Tis not only fevers, debauches, and great accidents that overthrow our judgments, the least things in the world will do it, and we are not to doubt, though we may not be sensible of it, that if a continued fever can overwhelm the soul, a tertian will in some proportionate measure alter it. If an apoplexy can stupefy and totally extinguish the sight of our understanding, we are not to doubt but that a great cold will dazzle it and consequently there is hardly one single hour in a man's whole life wherein our judgment is in its due place and right condition, our bodies being subject to so many continual mutations, and stuffed with so many several sorts of springs, that I believe the physicians that it is hard but that there must be always some one or other out of order. As to what remains, this malady does not very easily discover itself, unless it be extreme and past remedy. For as much as reason goes always lame, halting, and that, too, as well with falsehood as with truth, and therefore tis hard to discover her deviations and mistakes. I always call that appearance of meditation which every one forges in himself reason. This reason, 
of the condition of which there may be a hundred contrary ones about one and the same subject is an instrument of lead and of wax ductile pliable and accommodate to all sorts of biases and to all measures so that nothing remains but the art and skill how to turn and mould it how uprightly soever a judge may mean if he does not look well to himself which few care to do his inclination to friendship to relationship to beauty or revenge and not only things of that weight but even the fortuitous instinct that makes us favor one thing more than another and that without reason's permission puts the choice upon us in two equal subjects or some shadow of like vanity may insensibly insinuate into his judgment the recommendation or disfavor of a cause and make the balance dip i that watch myself as narrowly as i can and that have my eyes continually bent upon myself like one that has no great business to do elsewhere quis sub arcto rex gelidae metuatur orae quid tiridatem tereat unice securus i care not whom the northern clime reveres or what's the king that tiridates fears dare hardly tell the vanity and weakness i find in myself my foot is so unstable and unsteady i find myself so apt to totter and reel and my sight so disordered that fasting i am quite another man than when full if health and a fair day smile upon me i am a very affable good-natured man if a corn trouble my toe i am sullen out of humour and not to be seen the same pace of a horse seems to me one while hard and another easy and the same way one while shorter and another longer and the same form one while more another less agreeable i am one while for doing everything and another for doing nothing at all and what pleases me now would be a trouble to me at another time i have a thousand senseless and casual actions within myself either i am possessed by melancholy or swayed by choler now by its own private authority sadness predominates in me and by and by i am as merry as a cricket when i take a book in hand i have then discovered admirable graces in such and such passages and such as have struck my soul let me light upon them at another time i may turn and toss tumble and rattle the leaves to no purpose tis then to me an inform and undiscovered mass even in my own writings i do not always find the air of my first fancy i know not what i would have said and am often put to it to correct and pump for a new sense because i have lost the first that was better i do nothing but go and come my judgment does not always advance it floats and roams velut minuta magno de prensa navis in mari vesaniente vento like a small bark that's tossed upon the main when winds tempestuous heave the liquid plain very often as i am apt to do having for exercise taken to maintain an opinion contrary to my own my mind bending and applying itself that way 
does so engage me that way that I no more discern the reason of my former belief, and forsake it. I am, as it were, misled by the side to which I incline, be it what it will, and carried away by my own weight. Every one almost would say the same of himself if he considered himself as I do. Preachers very well know that the emotions which steal upon them in speaking animate them towards belief, and that in passion we are more warm in the defense of our proposition, take ourselves a deeper impression of it, and embrace it with greater vehemence and approbation than we do in our colder and more temperate state. You only give your counsel a simple brief of your cause. He returns you a dubious and uncertain answer, by which you find him indifferent which side he takes. Have you feed him well that he may relish it the better? Does he begin to be really concerned, and do you find him interested and zealous in your quarrel? His reason and learning will by degrees grow hot in your cause. Behold, an apparent and undoubted truth presents itself to his understanding. He discovers a new light in your business, and does in good earnest believe and persuade himself that it is so. Nay, I do not know whether the ardor that springs from spite and obstinacy against the power and violence of the magistrate and danger, or the interest of reputation, may not have made some men, even at the stake, maintain the opinion for which, at liberty and amongst friends, they would not have burned a finger. The shocks and jostles that the soul receives from the body's passions can do much in it, but its own can do a great deal more, to which it is so subjected that perhaps it may be made good that it has no other pace and motion but from the breath of those winds, without the agitation of which it would be becalmed and without action, like a ship in the middle of the sea to which the winds have denied their assistance. And whoever should maintain this, siding with the peripatetics, would do us no great wrong, seeing it is very well known that the greatest and most noble actions of the soul proceed from, and stand in need of, this impulse of the passions. Valor, they say, cannot be perfect without the assistance of anger. Semper Ajax fortis fortissimus tamen in furore. Ajax was always brave, but most when in a fury. Neither do we encounter the wicked and the enemy vigorously enough if we be not angry. Nay, the advocate, it is said, is to inspire the judges with indignation to obtain justice. Irregular desires moved Themistocles and Demosthenes, and have pushed on the philosophers to watching, fasting, and pilgrimages and lead us to honor, learning, and health, which are all very useful ends. And this meanness of soul, in suffering anxiety and trouble, serves to breed remorse and repentance in the conscience, and to make us sensible of the scourge of God, and politic correction for the chastisement of our offenses. Compassion is a spur to clemency, and the prudence of preserving and governing ourselves is roused by our fear, and how many brave actions by ambition, 
how many by presumption in short there is no brave and spiritual virtue without some irregular agitation may not this be one of the reasons that moved the epicureans to discharge god from all care and solicitude of our affairs because even the effects of his goodness could not be exercised in our behalf without disturbing its repose by the means of passions which are so many spurs and instruments pricking on the soul to virtuous actions or have they thought otherwise and taken them for tempests that shamefully hurry the soul from her tranquillity ut maris tranquillitas intelligitur nulla ne minima quidem aura fluctus commovente sic animi quietus et placatus status cernitur quum perturbatis nulla est qua mueri queat as it is understood to be a calm sea when there is not the least breath of air stirring so the state of the soul is discerned to be quiet and appeased when there is no perturbation to move it what varieties of sense and reason what contrariety of imaginations does the diversity of our passions inspire us with what assurance then can we take of a thing so mobile and unstable subject by its condition to the dominion of trouble and never going other than a forced and borrowed pace if our judgment be in the power even of sickness and perturbation if it be from folly and rashness that it is to receive the impression of things what security can we expect from it is it not a great boldness in philosophy to believe that men perform the greatest actions and nearest approaching the divinity when they are furious mad and beside themselves we better ourselves by the privation of our reason and drilling it the two natural ways to enter into the cabinet of the gods and there to foresee the course of destiny are fury and sleep this is pleasant to consider by the dislocation that passions cause in our reason we become virtuous by its extirpation occasioned by madness or the image of death we become diviners and prophets i was never so willing to believe philosophy in anything as this tis a pure enthusiasm wherewith sacred truth has inspired the spirit of philosophy which makes it confess contrary to its own proposition that the most calm composed and healthful estate of the soul that philosophy can seat it in is not its best condition our waking is more asleep than sleep itself our wisdom less wise than folly our dreams are worth more than our meditation and the worst place we can take is in ourselves but does not philosophy think that we are wise enough to consider that the voice that the spirit utters when dismissed from man so clear-sighted so great and so perfect and whilst it is in man so terrestrial ignorant and dark is a voice proceeding from the spirit of dark terrestrial and ignorant man and for this reason a voice not to be trusted and believed i being of a soft and heavy complexion have no great experience of these vehement agitations the most of which surprise the soul on a sudden 
without giving it leisure to recollect itself but the passion that is said to be produced by idleness in the hearts of young men though it proceed leisurely and with a measured progress does evidently manifest to those who have tried to oppose its power the violence our judgment suffers in this alteration and conversion i have formerly attempted to withstand and repel it for i am so far from being one of those that invite vices that i do not so much as follow them if they do not haul me along i perceived it to spring grow and increase in spite of my resistance and at last living and seeing as i was wholly to seize and possess me so that as if rousing from drunkenness the images of things began to appear to me quite other than they used to be i evidently saw the advantages of the object i desired grow and increase and expand by the influence of my imagination and the difficulties of my attempt to grow more easy and smooth and both my reason and conscience to be laid aside but this fire being evaporated in an instant as from a flash of lightning i was aware that my soul resumed another kind of sight another state and another judgment the difficulties of retreat appeared great and invincible and the same things had quite another taste and aspect than the heat of desire had presented them to me which of the two most truly pyrrho knows nothing about it we are never without sickness eggs have their hot and cold fits from the effects of an ardent passion we fall again to shivering as much as i had advanced so much i retired qualis ubi alterno procurens gorgite pontus nunc ruit ad terras scopulisque superiacit undam spumeos extremamque sinu perfundit arenam nunc rapidus retro atque aestu revoluta resorbens saxa fugit litusque vado labente relinquit so swelling surges with a thundering roar driven on each other's backs insult the shore bound o'er the rocks encroach upon the land and far upon the beach heave up the sand then backward rapidly they take their way repulsed from upper ground and seek the sea now from the knowledge of this volubility of mine i have accidentally begot in myself a certain constancy of opinions and have not much altered those that were first and natural in me for what appearance soever there may be in novelty i do not easily change for fear of losing by the bargain and as i am not capable of choosing i take other men's choice and keep myself in the station wherein god has placed me i could not otherwise keep myself from perpetual rolling thus have i by the grace of god preserved myself entire without anxiety or trouble of conscience in the ancient faith of our religion amidst so many sects and divisions as our age has produced the writings of the ancients the best authors i mean being full and solid tempt and carry me which way almost they will he that i am reading seems always to have the most force and i find that 
every one in his turn is in the right though they contradict one another the facility that good wits have of rendering everything likely they would recommend and that nothing is so strange to which they do not undertake to give color enough to deceive such simplicity as mine this evidently shows the weakness of their testimony the heavens and the stars have been three thousand years in motion all the world were of that belief till cleanthes the samian or according to theophrastus niketas of syracuse took it into his head to maintain that it was the earth that moved turning about its axis by the oblique circle of the zodiac and copernicus has in our times so grounded this doctrine that it very regularly serves to all astrological consequences what use can we make of this if not that we ought not much to care which is the true opinion and who knows but that a third a thousand years hence may overthrow the two former sic volvenda aetas commutat tempora rerum quod fuit in pretio fit nullo denique honore poro aliud succedit et e contemptibus exit inque dies magis appetitur floretque repertum laudibus et miro est mortales inter honore thus everything is changed in course of time what now is valued passes soon its prime to which some other thing despised before succeeds and grows in vogue still more and more and once received too faint all praises seem so highly it is raised in men's esteem so that when any new doctrine presents itself to us we have great reason to mistrust and to consider that before that was set on foot the contrary had been generally received and that as that has been overthrown by this a third invention in time to come may start up which may damn the second before the principles that aristotle introduced were in reputation other principles contented human reason as these satisfy us now what patent have these people what particular privilege that the career of our invention must be stopped by them and that the possession of our whole future belief should belong to them they are no more exempt from being thrust out of doors than their predecessors were when any one presses me with a new argument i ought to believe that what i cannot answer another can for to believe all likelihoods that a man cannot confute is great simplicity it would by that means come to pass that all the vulgar and we are all of the vulgar would have their belief as turnable as a weathercock for their souls being so easy to be imposed upon and without any resistance must of force incessantly receive other and other impressions the last still effacing all footsteps of that which went before he that finds himself weak ought to answer according to practice that he will speak with his counsel or refer himself to the wiser from whom he received his instruction how long is it that physic has been practised in the world tis said that a newcomer called paracelsus changes and overthrows the whole order of ancient rules and maintains that till now it has been of no other use but to kill men i believe he will easily make this good but 
i do not think it were wisdom to venture my life in making trial of his own experience we are not to believe every one says the precept because every one can say all things a man of this profession of novelties and physical reformations not long since told me that all the ancients were notoriously mistaken in the nature and motions of the winds which he would evidently demonstrate to me if i would give him the hearing after i had with some patience heard his arguments which were all full of likelihood of truth what then said i did those that sailed according to theophrastus make way westward when they had the prow towards the east did they go sideward or backward that's fortune answered he but so it is that they were mistaken i replied that i had rather follow effects than reason now these are things that often interfere with one another and i have been told that in geometry which pretends to have gained the highest point of certainty of all science there are inevitable demonstrations found which subvert the truth of all experience as jacques pelletier told me at my own house that he had found out two lines stretching themselves one towards the other to meet which nevertheless he affirmed though extended to infinity could never arrive to touch one another and the pyrrhonians make no other use of their arguments and their reason than to ruin the appearance of experience and tis a wonder how far the suppleness of our reason has followed them in this design of controverting the evidence of effects for they affirm that we do not move that we do not speak and that there is neither weight nor heat with the same force of argument that we affirm the most likely things ptolemy who was a great man had established the bounds of this world of ours all the ancient philosophers thought they had the measure of it excepting some remote isles that might escape their knowledge it had been pyrrhonism a thousand years ago to doubt the science of cosmography and the opinions that every one had received from it it was heresy to admit the antipodes and behold in this age of ours there is an infinite extent of terra firma discovered not an island or single country but a division of the world nearly equal in greatness to that we knew before the geographers of our time stick not to assure us that now all is found all is seen nam quod adest praesto placet et polore videtur what's present pleases and appears the best but it remains to be seen whether as ptolemy was therein formerly deceived upon the foundation of his reason it were not very foolish to trust now in what these people say and whether it is not more likely that this great body which we call the world is not quite another thing than what we imagine plato says that it changes countenance in all respects that the heavens the stars and the sun have all of them sometimes motions retrograde to what we see changing east into west the egyptian priests told herodotus that from the time of their first king which was eleven thousand and odd years since and they showed him the effigies of all their kings in statues taken from the life 
the sun had four times altered his course that the sea and the earth did alternately change into one another that the beginning of the world is undetermined aristotle and cicero both say the same and some amongst us are of opinion that it has been from all eternity is mortal and renewed again by several vicissitudes calling solomon and isaiah to witness to evade those oppositions that god has once been a creator without a creature that he has had nothing to do that he got rid of that idleness by putting his hand to this work and that consequently he is subject to change in the most famous of the greek schools the world is taken for a god made by another god greater than he and composed of a body and a soul fixed in his centre and dilating himself by musical numbers to his circumference divine infinitely happy and infinitely great infinitely wise and eternal in him are other gods the sea the earth the stars who entertain one another with an harmonious and perpetual agitation and divine dance sometimes meeting sometimes retiring from one another concealing and discovering themselves changing their order one while before and another behind heraclitus was positive that the world was composed of fire and by the order of destiny was one day to be inflamed and consumed in fire and then to be again renewed and apuleius says of men sigillatim mortales cunctim perpetui that they are mortal in particular and immortal in general alexander writ to his mother the narration of an egyptian priest drawn from their monuments testifying the antiquity of that nation to be infinite and comprising the birth and progress of other countries cicero and diodorus say that in their time the chaldees kept a register of four hundred thousand and odd years aristotle pliny and others that zoroaster flourished six thousand years before plato's time plato says that they of the city of sais have records in writing of eight thousand years and that the city of athens was built a thousand years before the said city of sais epicurus that at the same time things are here in the posture we see they are alike and in the same manner in several other worlds which he would have delivered with greater assurance had he seen the similitude and concordance of the new discovered world of the west indies with ours present and past in so many strange examples end of section forty nine